G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au So they baptized 55 people in a river and it was just amazing actually to see and families went to the water with the people who been baptized. Kids in the same time was playing in the water and I felt, you know, that's as it should be. It was so much joy. Welcome to Real Faith. Conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scatterbo. When my wife Jean and I arrived in Australia as missionaries in 2003, we hung around with several other people in the missionary community on the east side of Melbourne. And one of them was Gabby Hoytinger, who's originally from Hungary. Gabby came to Australia in the year 2000, and eventually God called her back to Hungary to minister to gypsies, otherwise known as the Roma people. But as we will hear, there were some unexpected hardships along the way, with the breakdown of her marriage in the midst of it all. However, with the Lord's help, she has persevered and has just come back from doing ministry in Ukraine. Gabby Hoytinger, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And so you just got off the plane about 24 hours ago. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I arrived on uh, Monday, very early morning. Okay, we should say that we're recording this interview on the 20th of September, 2022, in the midst of the war going on in Ukraine. Yeah. What was it like? Were you scared to be over there? Yeah, no, actually, I wasn't scared because that part of Ukraine is close to the Hungarian border. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the bombs and other stuff not really happening there. It's very close by. And we heard a couple of times the si- Syrians or oh, sirens. I, yeah, the sirens. I'll, I'll help you out throughout the interview. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Um, it's hard to change language and sites yeah, on yeah. the road, you know, when you come back to Australia. So, But uh, I didn't feel fear or, or, yeah, I felt comfortable. So predominantly you are ministering to gypsies in Hungary. So why were you going into Ukraine? Yeah, because uh, actually my focus on um, Eastern Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, wherever the Hungarian-speaking gypsies lives, and one of the country around Hungary is Ukraine. So we working in Ukraine, Romania, Serbia, uh, aiming to go to Slovakia and Croatia, And Slovenia, so seven countries around Hungary, and in the five countries, Hungarian gypsies lives around the the border. So there's plenty of opportunities for ministry in all those countries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And you speak that language? And I speak Hungarian because I'm originally from Hungary. I grew up in Hungary, so I speak uh, Hungarian language. And so what happened when you were in Ukraine? Uh, this time, 
since the war started, we had some breakthrough in ministry. Mm-hmm. We aiming and our vision is to see a disciple making movement amongst the gypsy people. And we started to work in Ukraine in 2014, when actually the first war started. Mm-hmm. But that went very slow to building relationship and find a person of peace, the key people who can open the communities. And now, who, now, I should explain, when yeah. you say find a person of peace, yeah. that's somebody who you can use as a bridge to share the gospel to the people there? So the person of peace is already prepared by God in some way. Mm-hmm. So that's why they they open to receive us with the gospel and open their community or help us to get into. Yeah. And during the war, do you find that people are receptive to the things of the Lord? Yeah, exactly. So what, what happened during the war that people flee from Ukraine and a couple of main leaders did the same to able to serve their people in Hungary. So Hungary received lots of people mm-hmm. during the war. And that's where we stepped in and actually joined in that ministry to help people to be have papers and to mm-hmm. able to go to other countries or have food or houses. So we, we could build a really good relationship mm-hmm. and not just that, but like we became friends and families. Oh, okay. So now the trust is there mm-hmm. and the open door is there in Ukraine. So recently you posted on Facebook that your ministry baptized like 55 people and fed like over 600 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. That that was just a privilege uh, to be invited. So they baptized 55 people in a river. And it was just amazing mm-hmm. actually to see. Yeah. So 600 people were sitting around on the, the river part and families went to the water with the people mm-hmm. who been baptized. Yeah. Kids in the same time was playing in the water and I felt you know that's as it should be mm-hmm. it was so much joy and the presence of the Holy Spirit was just so evident yeah so with the war going on there's yeah. an openness to yeah. hearing the things of the Lord and people being baptized so very exciting time yeah. you'll be going back there in a little while but we're very thankful that you've come into the studio to share some of your story. Let's go all the way back to how it all started. Where were you born and raised in Hungary? Yeah, I uh, born in Hungary mm-hmm. and grew up in an atheist family. An atheist family, yes. Yes, and so I didn't hear about the God. It was during the communism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I grew up, and uh, so I I didn't know who God is. And uh, from my my age of fifteen. I became a hippie, and mm-hmm. we did. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did you used to wear leather jackets and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of a rough crowd. Yeah, yeah. I should say I interviewed you 15 years ago, and now it's yes. all coming back. Yeah, in, in this very studio, 15, 17 years yes, ago, something yes, like that. Okay, exactly. it's starting to come I back to my me. testimony. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and I started to use drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. and you know. 
lots of relationships and uh, I was part of a uh, uh, underground music band, uh, blues band. Oh, I was one of the singer? singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't picture you singing in a blues band, but yeah, those were the days, so huh? I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I was follow my my role model of Janis Joplin. I wanted to <laughs> you be wanted like to be a, yeah the Hungarian Janis Joplin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to be, but. Um, yeah, I always, I mean, we, we all, all always uh, uh, was singing about love and freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we were seeking, mm-hmm. but we didn't know mm-hmm. what does it mean. Yeah. We, we, we thought we know, but we didn't know really. And then um, in the 90s, uh, before in 89, when the German war came down and and you know uh, lots of things happened revolution and other stuff lots of missionary came into hungary oh so finally communism was over yeah so then there's this openness yeah. finally yeah and then yeah. we started to hear about you know god and jesus yeah, and for the first time yeah for the first time for me mm-hmm. and but some underground churches started even before but okay. i didn't know mm-hmm. about that yeah uh, but in that time, I was already really, my life was messed up. I, I was in mm. very dark place mm-hmm. with, with everything and I needed to have, but I was so proud that I, I even didn't recognize that I, I need help. I just, I just didn't know my, I, I was messed up. Mm. And then one time I came home. And I, f- I find a letter in my, in my letterbox. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because from my childhood, one of my favorite thing was to receive letters or postcards. Mm-hmm. And I, wow, I got letters. And I went up to my room. I was um, in the seventh floor living with my grandma in Budapest. And then opened the letter and the letter said, you know, dear friend, I just wanted to let you know that God loves you. And God is your creator. And mm. God has a special plan for your life. You know, I always was thinking it's so unrighteous that, um, you know, we born mm-hmm. and then we die. And then what? Mm. I was like, what for? It has to be something more. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I didn't know what is it. So I'm reading about, you know, this God. And I, I said to, I don't know, I just said to him, even I didn't believe that he exists. But I said, okay, okay, God, if you are, then I don't know what to do. So, so obviously, so tell me you were seeking more. Yeah. You knew there had to be something more to life. Yeah. Yeah. They're just living and then dying. Yeah. And you kind of called out to God, even yeah. though you didn't know if he existed or not? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, next next day, I went back to work. And in this time, I worked in a pub, which was very convenient for me. because mm-hmm. I was drunk so heavily, mm-hmm. uh, drinking. and So you fit using, right into that whole scene yeah, at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and using drugs. And mm-hmm. so in the very early morning, I came home and then opened my post box and find another letter but it was just a flyer it was not on my name especially but 
but just a flyer. But you really liked getting that first letter because yes. it had your name on it. Exactly. That was so a big I thing didn't for know you. where it's come from, mm-hmm. and it was like part of the mystery or, yeah. of of this, you know, which which made me think, ooh, it's just so spooky or something. Something is happening, huh. but yeah. I didn't know. I yeah. didn't understand. Yeah. So this time I went up again. And then it was a flyer to made by missionaries mm-hmm. because they organized a children something for for Easter, mm-hmm. and then they had the the Jesus and the sheep in his lap and children around him, mm-hmm. and just this very simple flyer said, you know, Jesus is the Son of God, and he came to the earth to die for your sin. And you don't need to do anything else, just asking him to come to your heart. And this point, I was like, what? How a person can come into your heart? I didn't yeah. really understand. That would sound weird uh, to somebody who didn't know anything about God or, any, or yeah, the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, I was thinking is is." Not something real happening or something, but I was like so childish, you know, Jesus with the kids and coming to my heart. And, you know, I was pondering on that. And So I, were you disappointed? I was disappointed. Because you thought this was maybe something really yeah, cool. Yeah, something, something really good and helped me to connect with mm-hmm. God. Yeah. But then I heard a voice and the voice said to me, Gabby, just try it. You tried a lot of things in your life. Mm-hmm. Why would you try it? And and invite him into your heart. If he's coming, then it's good. And if he doesn't, if if, if this is, is nothing, mm-hmm. then no one no one see you, you wouldn't be shamed. Mm-hmm. Just try mm-hmm. it. So suddenly when I heard this voice, I just went on my knees. I don't know why. I didn't see this, didn't mm-hmm. learn it. And then I just started to cry and cry and ask him to come into my heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, he did. Mm-hmm. I just felt, even physically, but definitely f- felt in my heart that uh some empty place, or not some, but the empty place is just filled up. Mm. And I don't know how come, but I felt joy, peace, and I was I was suddenly out from my, you know, the drunk, and, and so I became so clear. All this because oh. you read a letter in the mill. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. How did they even get your name? He, uh, after that, uh, I heard that there was a ministry in Holland. They traveled into the communist countries mm-hmm. and they got the name out uh, from the phone books. Mm-hmm. And they just random, they send wow. this letter to yeah. everyone. Our guest today is Gabby Heuninger who's a good friend of my wife and I, and we hadn't seen her for about 10 years because she's been doing ministry work in and around her home country of Hungary. We'll hear more of Gabby's story and how the Lord's been working in her life when we return right here on Real Faith. 
The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today our guest is a good friend of my wife and I, Gabby Hoidinger, who's originally from Hungary and has been called by God to minister to gypsies in her home country of Hungary. Now, before the break, we heard the amazing way that God got her attention and she became a Christian after receiving a letter in the mail from a Christian group sharing the gospel. This is quite remarkable because, as we heard, Gabby grew up in an atheistic family in a communist country and had never even heard about God or Jesus. Now we'll find out what happened next in her life after she accepted Jesus as her Savior. So I was crying and crying on the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I went back to sleep. And next morning I woke up. And you know, when you use drugs, that's so good when you use, but after that is so so dark Hmm. you became depressed and you need to use more and Hmm. i was just like you know woke up and the joy and the peace was still in my heart and i was i was just just looking you know so what's 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 happening with me or it it will be gone or what, what what's happening so i dressed up and went back to my workplace and Mm -hmm. i was traveling on the bus Mm -hmm. And on the bus, I heard a voice, oh, well, why do you really happy? Do you think that nah, something has happened because you, you asked Jesus to move into your heart? Oh, so it's, it's kind of like nothing. the devil poo-pooing it, like yeah. it wasn't really a real thing. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But then I heard the voice, the voice, exactly what yesterday spoke to me, mm-hmm. but now the voice was not from outside, it was from inside. Mm. So it said to me, don't be afraid, you are mine forever. Mm. So that's as it started, my Christian life. And after a week, they said to the pub, it's probably you need to leave this workplace because I told everybody, you know, they need to stop drinking and follow Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't and, good for business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not good business anymore. Yeah. They that, asked you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Then where did you go? Um, and after that? Yeah, how did kept, you grow as a Christian? Yeah. So, I because I became, you know, Christian in my room, I, uh, yeah, all by one yourself. of my friends, friend uh, went to this one of the underground church and invited me and I became involved. I started to work with street kids because I felt everybody needs to hear about Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. and follow Jesus. So very early I involved in uh, ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a heart for helping street kids. 
Yeah, I had a had had a heart for for because a lot of ministry opportunity was in the church, but I felt okay in this church people are hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. but what about those children mm-hmm. or people who yeah. are not coming to church? We right. need to go there yeah. where they are and telling the gospel to them. Okay, yeah. so let's fast forward. How did you eventually come to Australia? Yeah. Uh, I married to uh, a person who is originally, who was Australian, mm-hmm. uh, Hungarian, but lived in Australia and came back to visit his mother because uh, she was sick. And we met and married and he, he, he really wanted to come back to Australia. So mm-hmm. in 2000, uh, we came back uh, together to Australia. So suddenly, yeah. you're in a foreign country yeah. where you don't speak any English. Yeah. And you're living in Melbourne. Yeah. Where was it Brisbane at the time? First first three years, we lived in Brisbane. Okay. And then eventually you moved to Melbourne. Yeah. We met you at, uh, my wife and I met you at the church we were attending yeah. at that time. Yeah. And I remember sometimes... Your English, you've had some challenges, let's just say that. <laughs> uh, one time you wanted to tell us about parrots that you saw, but I think you accidentally said you saw some carrots yeah. in the park yeah. flying around and we didn't understand what you meant. <laughs> yeah. But we we could hear your heart, I guess we could say. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was actually so difficult because I couldn't speak any English and even I never wanted to leave my country, mm-hmm. my family, my church. Yeah. I was just so attached all of it. But you remember that mm-hmm. I told you that my role model was Janice Joplin. Oh, yeah. But yeah. after I met with Jesus, my role model was uh, Mother Teresa. Oh, okay. So Working I wanted to people? be missionary. Oh, Mm-hmm. But how can you be missionary to not want to leave your house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your country and yeah. your, I mean, yeah, you can, you can be in your country, but that's, that's the way it was. And uh, learning English, I'm still learning actually, but learning English and to see the world mm-hmm. and to be able to involve in mission. So you became involved with the missionary community on the east side of Melbourne. Yeah. And eventually became a missionary back to Hungary. Yeah, exactly. Which we struggled in in those days mm-hmm. because how does it look like, you know, to be a missionary in your own country? And so But of course took, you know the language. You yeah. don't have to have all these challenges exactly. like you have in English with And the qua culture. The, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. But specifically for the subcommunity in Hungary, the Gypsy people, uh, otherwise known as the Roma people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the the minority in Hungary. So the the Gypsy people they are marginalized in Hungary, mm-hmm. but that's the major minority. Kind of looked down upon. Yeah, by yeah. the majority of the, of the, the people. The majority. There. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so do they still move around and all that stuff? Uh, they don't really move around, maybe in Ireland or Spain, 
But in Eastern Europe, they had to settle down mm-hmm. to able to receive education mm-hmm. for the kids and, and, and health support and any other social securities or any other stuff. They had to, mm-hmm. had to settle there, and they did. And did you feel this was the place where you should be doing ministry? Yeah, yeah. God, God called me very clearly, called back home to go back to the gypsy people and tell them that God adopted them as his sons and daughters. So how did it go? Yeah, it went really well. Uh, we went back uh, to do ministry and planting churches with YWAM. But then, youth with a mission, youth with otherwise mission. known as YWAM. Yes. Yep. yep, yep, youth with a mission. But then our marriage is broke down. Unfortunately, mm. that was really, really hard. So finally, I I needed to come back to Australia, and I was just by myself. And I was not missionary anymore or anything, but my church and my mission agency, I still remain as a family mm. uh, to them. And, and so, I, mean, I got to receive a huge support from them, but, but kind of I felt I lost everything mm. as we... Yeah, I mean, uh, here you are doing what you love, what you felt you were called to do, yeah. ministry to the gypsies and street yeah. people, and your husband left you. Yeah, yeah. Now, that was like having the rug pulled out from underneath you. Yeah, exactly. Were you devastated? Yeah. Well, that was part one of my conversation with Gabby Hoininger, who's originally from Hungary. Sadly, as we just heard, her life was turned upside down when, in the middle of doing what she loved, her marriage broke up. We'll hear how God works in her life to bring healing and to lead her back into ministry next time. Once again, we'll hear part two of my conversation with our good friend Gabby Hoininger. That's coming up next time, right here on Real Faith. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.